Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll ask anybody's question but yours. You're an idiot. And really a disloyal person. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Football Went Back 100 Years from what we just watched this weekend. This is the Disloyal Idiots Podcast. I'm Steve Haller. Joining me as always, Christian DeGuzman and Andy Pregway decided to get his face off a milk carton and show up this week. Uh, How are we doing, guys? Did quarterbacks know how to backflip 100 years ago? I don't know, but they still don't know how to throw a ball and apparently are better at receiving passes this week in our box score. Okay, I, before Andy gets in, I want to jump into the degeneracy straight away <laughs> by going to our friends at Pro, Pro Football Focus. Well, actually, you know what? Right off the bat, I'm going to throw something out before I forget to do this. Congratulations to my high school alma mater, uh, the Adirondack Football Wildcats, for winning Section 3, uh, Class C. So, congrats to Rob Hennessy and the team. Now, back to the stupidity. Quality of the football there was probably better than the quality of the Syracuse football program over the last three weeks. Anyway. Yeah, we've got Mike and Dom at the CBA-CNS championship indeed, indeed. game, so they're probably watching better football than you watched uh, in the Yankee Stadium. So, two things. One, I genuinely asked a question to the press box yesterday, which game would have more passing attempts, Syracuse Pitt or CBA-CNS? I think it might have been close. Fair. Fair. Second of all, the degeneracy from Pro Football Focus. I'm not even going to get to the grades yet. Pro Football Focus has Syracuse for 61 run plays. Okay. How many plays do they have Garrett Trader run blocking for? Oh, this is... See, these are the prop bets I'm here for. Uh... 27. Mr. Pregler. Are we wait? Are we going prices right rules or this? No. This could determine no, close, closest one. No. Okay. Um, I can count at least <laughs> five in the first quarter that I watched and was literally screaming at. Um, so basic rules of extrapolation and and how the game went. I'm gonna go with 24. PFF has Garrett Schrader listed for a good old 48 run blocking plays. <laughs> point, point number two, Garrett Schrader is the highest graded run blocker on Syracuse this week. <laughs> <laughs> Holy God. So for anyone who did not know, going into this week's Syracuse versus Pitt matchup, Syracuse versus Pitt was featured as... Not the game of the week, but the sickos game of the week, which rightly so it a hundred percent lived up to. Uh, so much so that sickos committee sponsored with home field apparel <laughs> to create shout out the home field. Shout out the home field. <laughs> we'll talk about home field more later. We love them. We also love these banners because this game lived up to every bit of sickos committee uh, desire that anyone could have possibly had. Oh wow. and if you somehow live under a rock um Syracuse won this game 28 to 13 Pitt is a remarkably terrible football team I, I think that we just need to kind of say that off the bat here well um, it was a combination of Pitt being a terrible football team and Narduzzi going full Narduzzi oh Nardu- Narduzzi had a special one today yeah I mean, not today yesterday at least twice had an aneurysm on the sidelines 
and uh, at least twice was completely befuddled by a very simple call by the refs. So yeah. he he officially went full darn doozy. I mean, I was just waiting for him to pull a kiwi out of his pocket and try to poison one of the Syracuse coaches. Uh, call back to a very even weirder time at Syracuse football. Uh, but this is <laughs> sorry. I think I've just I'm I'm broken. Andy is still recovering from the shell shock at hearing that Garrett Trader's sixty-two point nine run blocking grade was the highest for Syracuse against Pitt. I mean. The sad part is, I don't like you. You tell you tell me that you tell me that thing, and I'm like, okay, this is like one of those freak things where like Schrader is graded at like a 75 and run blocking, and the offensive line at at large is you know somewhere in the mid 60s. Um, but having watched three quarters of this game because I had to go to a wedding uh, and miss the fourth quarter, the general vibe that I got was, yeah. Schrader was like attacking holes like a fucking fullback and was doing a better job lead blocking than I've seen anybody in a Syracuse football jersey that hasn't been named Rhino in the last like 10 years. So all the practice that Schrader got in all those random plays in the past three years where he's been the lead blocker all led up to this moment where Dino and the coaching staff completely changed the offensive system to Let's pound the ball down your effing throat. I, I mean, is Garrett Trader is sorry, is Garrett Trader the first quarterback to go from quarterback, wide receiver, quarterback, fullback? fullback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is the modern, this is the skill position equivalent of Rhino's uh fullback offensive defensive fullback uh maneuver. Um, yeah, I think this this may be the first case of this. Maybe um, this is maybe this is what the late great Mike Leach saw in Garrett Schrader the whole time. Yeah, maybe that. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! So- Schrader, Schrader for about three quarters of that game was Syracuse's leading receiver. Yes, yes. No, I did have finish as the leading receiver. I believe. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I think, uh, I think LeQuint got one more. Yeah. Because uh, there actually, were only, for anyone who didn't know, there were only eight completed passes on the day, one of which was thrown by LaQuint Allen. Most uh, of which were not thrown by Garrett Schrader, but rather the man himself living up to his moniker that I've tried to push on him, Thunder Dan Valari. Thunder Dan. Absolutely trucking people in the run game and throwing for a massive 17 yards between fumbling the ball every time that he was trying to stretch for an extra yard and a half. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> how, I don't know how to describe Dan Valeri's game outside of pure guts and execution was whatever. Like he hit a hole extremely hard. And to be fair, after the first two series that he fumbled on, uh, he calmed right down and looked good the rest of the game running and looked you know, decent securing the ball, but it was mildly hilarious when our entire offense was give the ball to the quarterback turn tight end in the wildcat and run it. Stats have been updated. Oh boy. Stats have been updated. <laughs> Breaking news. With, with because the, these stats weren't updated live, but now under Syracuse box score, assuming that this doesn't get changed somehow, but according to the Qs.com box score, with the stats that we see right now, Syracuse in this game had three men rush for over 100 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Now, would you have guessed which three men <laughs> three. in this game? Not only that, would you have guessed which one was the leading rusher out and, of the three men? And of the three, who was the least? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Spoiler alert, the running back got the least amount of yards of the three. I am... <laughs> processing no, no no andy andy genuine question here but behoove me if you will which offense is more pleasing the eye to the eye to the watch is it the syracuse offense or is it the one in yinzer dome on sundays that you have to behold the difference is one of these offenses has won six effing games <laughs> the other has five um but the one that has won six <laughs> Has been outgained 
in every single one of their wins. I am just here <laughs> to let you know that if I ever see Matt Canada in a Syracuse orange jersey, the entire <laughs> JMA facility might just be burned down. Um, I don't think I can handle these bad former, offenses in my life anymore. For, former Nunes magician and friend of the site still, Corey Christen, will be right behind you doing the exact same thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a lot of like actual things I want to get into uh, that I have many questions about. But I think the one other piece of schadenfreude about this game um, it, that I want to bring up is that we have updated SP plus rankings. Oh, God. <laughs> Syracuse is now ranked 65th, which is... Oh, one up one. It also, but yeah, this is typically where Syracuse ends up in Bill C's rankings in, in most years under Dino, like somewhere yeah. in the 50s mm-hmm. and 60s. Um, you know, we peaked in the in the low 20s in that 2018 season Syracuse has two games left against teams that are um also not good um I would like you to know that Georgia Tech is currently sitting at 62nd three spots above Syracuse Wake Forest is sitting at 64th one spot above Syracuse I say this so to let it but going by that, that means because Georgia Tech is favored by seven, that means Wake Forest is going to be favored by three next week. This is all to say that if you are a computer that is looking at these teams rationally, um, let me just make sure I'm not completely correct incorrect here. Um, yeah, Bill C's model has Georgia Tech winning by 0.6 points, which means that if nothing changes, SP Plus has Syracuse going 6-6 six and six to finish the year. I would just like everybody to take note of this, that after all of this, Syracuse is still in the driver's seat for the first back-to-back bowl season since Doug Marone was the head coach. Now, Andy. Well, Doug Marone, Scott Schaefer, but, you know, you get yeah. the idea. You are lucky that on Saturday in Atlanta, it is going to be sunny and 67. Because if it was, if it wasn't, this would be the equivalent of hell of a rainy, cold Tuesday night <laughs> in, Stoke. in Stoke. Well, we should be keeping a watch on these things. We're still a week out from the game. It is a hun- almost a hundred percent chance of rain in Atlanta Wednesday, Thursday. I'm not saying that the rain is going to get pushed off that far. What I am saying is that there is rain in the area that could take its sweet old time moving into Georgia. Um, I am again reminding everybody here that as of today, if you listen to smart people and their smart systems, Syracuse is still projected to go to the postseason and. I don't know how to feel about this. Remember at the beginning of the year when Bill's lovely model had Syracuse as high as 28? Fun times. You know the crazy thing, thinking back to the beginning of the year? When all of us predicted 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five and were happy with it. <laughs> I was... I I now really wish I put 5-7 and seven in my season prediction because I was this close to doing it. But that's the thing is like, this has been such a weird ass roller coaster of a year that we went into this season thinking we're going to go four and oh, I've got to lose the next three. We're going to win and lose a couple of coin flips and we're going to end up probably 500, maybe a little bit better. I've got it. What's that? This season is Joe Girard. It will be either very good or very bad. And it averages out into the middle. There is no uh, Joe Girard does not have the ability to have an in-between game. So we had Joe Girard on offense in the beginning of the year and Joe Girard on defense in the middle of the year. And now we're getting the I don't know what I'm playing, Joe Girard. Yes. Okay, cool. That tracks. This season is Joe <laughs> Girard because again, Joe Girard does not have the ability to have an average game. He only has the ability to have great games or awful games. He's a fully binary uh, basketball player. <laughs> it's yes. only a one or a zero. There's no other option. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I I just I am just legitimately stunned that this is all what's happening. Which also, this is gonna be my fun part. Um, I love playing with Bill C's post-game win expectancy. Oh, I think god. it is very funny. Um so Syracuse's post-game win expectancies. Uh, for those that don't know, this is basically Bill C saying, play this game a hundred times. How likely is the game going to end up the way that it did, um, end up Syracuse versus Colgate, hundred percent post-game win expectancy for Syracuse against Western Michigan, hundred percent against Purdue, 92% against army, 100%. So essentially you're saying that four, no, very real four, no. That's why we were as high as 28th in SP plus next four games. 2.4% against Clemson, 0.0% against North Carolina, 0.0% against Florida State, 0.0% against Virginia Tech. Boston College, 22.1%. Pittsburgh, 64%. To Christian's point, this team does not do coin flip. They do dominate or they do ass beat. There is no in between. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that tracks. The summary um, of Joe Girard. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I guess on the field, um, we mentioned... I, I feel like this is another one of those moments where Andy and I push our ter- chairs back and lean back because you would assume you don't get nearly 400 yards of rushing offense without having some sort of game plan on the offensive line to change it. Right? Right? I mean, please. Joe- Joe Cruz started instead of uh, uh, Jacob Bradford because Bradford was hurt. That's the only major change that I saw out there. And it seemed to work. Uh, Pitt's, Pitt's defense is not great. Um, but they, I, I don't know if it was a, they're committing to the run so they know what they're doing. So they're just going to go. Uh, or, it's a matter of them being up against, you know, personnel that they can match up against in a better fashion uh, or some combination of the both. But it looked like a different team out there as far as the holes they were opening, especially for someone. I mean, I guess to be fair, running style wise, we did talk about how uh, Allen is a very different runner than Sean Tucker was behind a similar personnel line. Um, as dumb as it sounds, Dan Valari just hits the hole and goes. <laughs> I was going to say, is Dan Valari closer to Sean Tucker? He's a downhill runner. There was, There's no thought. There's, all right, I'm going here. There's a hole. I'm going to keep going here. <laughs> yeah, because there were three times in that game where Valari dragged guys 10 yards. Yeah, and he, he literally averaged 9.1 yards a carry on way to 154 rushing yards. This is a tight end quarterback a quarter end like what how 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 syracuse found found their Taysom hill yeah apparently uh sure we'll go with that (laughs) what i will say dino said in the press conference like like they started the coaching staff started to implement this change of system on tuesday and and on it took about a day and a half for the for the uh, team to fully buy in, because there were definitely some people on the team who, Dino said, like not everyone was fully bought into the system change. Oh, I guarantee there was somebody there when they tossed this out there that was like, "Go home, coach. You're drunk." <laughs> like, there's no <laughs> how 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 do you, for one, what the hell are you doing? Implement this in the bye week and coming against Virginia Tech with something that's a completely new look. Like what what. It's not like Schrader was healthy then. He's less healthy now. But, like, uh, when you have a week to implement it, sure, do that. Or even the next week, because you have a long week going into Boston College, even though it was Thursday to Friday. Like, use one of those weeks. No, let's use the short week and do that. This is one of those rare moments where I think Syracuse football, just in general, has left Andy Pregler speechless. Yeah, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh uh 
uh, you know what? The, hold on. Before that, the kicker in all of this, you know who caught the only tight end pe- or the only uh, uh, touchdown? Pass, touchdown pass of the game? Max Man. The Brazilian, not Brazilian, God, the German. Yeah. <laughs> the Sorcerer Supreme, Maximilian Mang, had the only touchdown reception of the game. On a, on a ball where you could clearly see Schrader grab his shoulder after it because he was not comfortable on it and it was horrifically underthrown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He threw it into the feet of Max Mang and he somehow came up with it. From the press box, I thought he dropped it. I thought it was getting called back for hitting the ground, but apparently it wasn't. So. I've just been looking, and I can't really find it on PFF. Um, I it's I'm looking under some run blocking things, trying to see they don't I, they don't have it kept. But I would be intrigued to see what the average yardage per, before contact for these respective runners were, because I you look at the yards after contact, and Dan Valari was averaging almost five yards after contact which tracks with what i saw um schrader and lequint were much more you know average some hovering between two and a half and three yards after contact and i'm not sure we learned anything out of this game other than dan valari is going to run through whatever gap you tell him to run through and unlike the other two guys in the backfield, he might be able to get something out of nothing because there's going to be a whole lot of nothing there. But I, I tell you what we learned from this game. Good, say goodbye to traditional football and spread offense. Love the football that you know and love today that has revolutionized in modern football. We are literally going to play like it's 1923 for the rest of the season. Oh, I'm here for the sickos. Like, I'm leaning in at this point. Like, I mean, you have to... You have to lean in because even with Carson Del Rio Wilson healthy, like he's just not it. Like I would expect him to be transferring out of the program at the end of the season, just because it seems really apparent that the coaching staff has lost confidence in his ability to run an air raid game plan. Even last week we saw it like they were asking him to do a lot of designed quarterback runs that he just did not look comfortable doing. I think is the, is the nice way of saying that he looked more comfortable doing that than throwing the ball. Well, I think that hence the transferring thing. Um, but when you, uh, you got to do something to try to win the game. And I think at its core, I, I remember um, our friend Hoya Saksa, who is somebody who uh, old Twitter heads will remember new Twitter heads. He's been not really active anymore. Oh. Um, he was going on in the early days of Babers in that 2018 season he was doing a lot of really interesting data breakdowns on on Dino Babers' systems. And in his, at his core, even though Dino Babers came in with this spread offense and, you know, you're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and all the, the quarterback stats that he really wanted to do, uh, Hoya Sucks brought up a great point that if you look at the way that Dino, you know, game plans, the way that he scripts plays, the things that he's trying to do on a football field to get yards, Dino was always a proponent of the chip Kelly system, which was more of you spread them out to run the ball up the middle more effectively. And I think we're seeing that like, if you watch a lot of PAC 12 football right now, like chip Kelly is basically reverted the whole way around where he's running a modern wishbone system out there with some passing elements in it because everybody got so light and fast that now it behooves you to be big and strong and run up the middle with multiple guys because it's easier to get to that second and third level where you can have those explosive running plays. So at a certain fundamental level, I can understand Dino and the staff doing this because this is kind of Dino's bread and butter still. The problem is, is that when you look at the personnel that we're running out there, like, this is not a run-blocking offensive line, as evidenced by insert every running-blocking grade thing that we've seen. And Steve is going to go into this a little bit more. I know we've been trying to... What gave you that idea, though? Well, <laughs> well, well I know that, every, that, that every Syracuse starting offensive lineman graded below the Mendoza line. Oh, really? Yeah. I, again, uh, I still haven't seen PFF. Because you never got there with the pass blocking thing, so I I still haven't looked at any of the PFF stuff. Um, the the general vibe is uh not good. 
Um, here, I'm gonna I'm gonna share it up a little bit. Boom! Here we go. So, for those of you that are watching on Twitch, this is why you should watch on Twitch. We are um, showing you the PFF run blocking grades. Again, these are available for those if you subscribe to PFF's premium stats. Um, here's the run blocking for Syracuse in this game. Um, you will notice that the first running back or the first lineman with more than 40 snaps is Christopher Bleich out of 59. Also, David Clements, listen there. He's a tight end, not a left tackle. <laughs> the 86 give it away <laughs> um and he's supposed to be one of our receiving tight ends yeah you know what you know what i really hope doesn't happen whoever is head coaching next year i really hope they don't turn jamie trimble tremble into kyle pitts oh man uh why yeah, we have. How did we Someone, start all this tight end talent, and how are we going to find a way to misuse it? Andy, when you go to Atlanta, can you bring Kyle Pitts back with you, just so we can get out of Atlanta? I I will do my best to liberate all of those in the Arthur Smith offense. However, the plane is not big enough for me to bring them all with me. Um, <laughs> the I, so so Steve, this is the part that I kind of I'm I'm most interested in is because I'm with you. If it wins football games at this point, if it gets you to a bowl season, like I get why Dino's doing this. Like he's got to save his job. And it seems very clear that um, the job is saved if he makes a bowl game. He only needs to win one more game and he's there. Um, so this is the easiest way to do that. But the personnel seems lacking. And I don't necessarily, at least what I, again, you're the offensive line guy, then I'll shut up. At least what I saw was not necessarily like miscommunication because again, new scheme that you installed on Tuesday in a very limited hour practice setting. But what I saw was a lot of offensive linemen not necessarily fully committed to the run blocking and or a lot of con like it helped that they were that we knew they were running the ball, but it felt like there was a lot of contact at or behind the line of scrimmage on guys and not a whole lot of space to go anywhere after that contact unless you were Dan Valari and your gap was just run straight at like the person in front of you. Yeah. So that reaction you just saw was not because of anything you were saying, Pregler, it was because I caved and looked at the PFF passing grades. And you looked at who had the highest pass blocking grade yes, on the team? 100%. <laughs> um, however, uh, just the, the 98 pass blocking grade in general for the team, uh, as a team, they graded out as a 98. Again, like Christian said, on eight plays, that's not that hard to do. Um, PFF has uh, them, by the way, on 13 pass blocking grades. Per 13 pass blocking plays. But only two people pass block 13 times. That's, uh, that's just one. semantics. How <laughs> 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 Chris Blaish and Gianri Reed were pass blocking more than everybody else. Does that tell you anything? <laughs> um, uh, it, it, no. it, it tells you that three times there was three ineligible men downfield, probably. <laughs> um. But no, like the the run blocking thing, uh, when you're, I guess when you're committing to more of a run game, you can play a lot less of a traditional like zone read, your, uh, you know, chip blocking to whoever's coming across your nose. You can commit more to, all right, you two are responsible for this guy and this guy. Uh, it It's a drastic change in how they're blocking compared to what they were doing. It's also something that, you know, isn't isn't natural after you leave high school. Um, so I, I don't know if that's what they're doing. I did not get a chance to uh, rewatch. So, yeah, I mean, also take a look at who your starters were. You had left to right Enrique Cruz, Joe Cruz, who was our third third different left guard we've started. Uh, and none of those were Kalen Ellis. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a thing. Uh, John Reed, a center, and then Bleich and Mark Petrie, who's not our traditional starter at right tackle either. Um, 
we're we're getting deep at this point in the year and it may be easier for some of these guys to run block than pass block but who knows well maybe also because babers said that they wanted to get more physical which prompted the scheme change yeah and so i guess a lot of what the scheme change will also is maybe this is me reading between the lines and just pulling assumptions out of thin air but maybe this is also more of a hey let's do something that will allow these guys to basically just turn their brains off yeah and and remove a little bit of the thinking and just run at guys block guys and let something happen right run the play versus react to whatever's coming at you yeah um i also just had a epiphany as to clement's probably the uh in one of the jumbo sets he's probably well, clement, clement has been out there for most of the jumbo sets yeah yeah um, you, usually oh, no, I was trying to I, in my head. I was like trying to figure out why they had him listed at left tackle. Yeah, usually they bring usually they bring him in Perry and uh, and yeah. yeah out there. Um, yeah, and he's so they list him as a left tackle because technically he's covered yeah. by uh, by whoever's playing yeah. tight end. Mm-hmm. So he's ineligible, but he's and and Cruz and Cruz has also been usually the guy who comes in as an extra another extra offensive yeah, lineman Cruz, yeah. for yeah. He seems like he's the six man in like utility guy. Yeah. So yeah, fun fun times all around. We I played a football game, right? Do we consider that a football game? Uh, again, Syracuse somehow has five wins. Um, for a lot of people, this is the culmination <laughs> of meeting the expectations that we had for this team at the beginning of the year, and there's still two games left. Um, I'm not going to try to extrapolate out from here because that seems very foolish, but there's a game against Georgia Tech that I am going to that is going to be 8 p.m. at Bobby Dodd Stadium this Saturday night. Um, Somehow not airing on the CW. But for some miraculous reason. The ACC Network has decided that the bowl eligibility of one of these two teams is worthy of prime time on the ACC flagship network. Um, so I think what we don't know is that ACC network is in the bag with sickos committee to get the dumbest games possible. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Also another hidden message of this, this is prime time on the ACC network. That usually means the ACC network uh, football team usually travels to their primetime games. So are they going to bring their, you know, A-team analyst staff to Bobby Dodd Stadium? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I have, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm about to say something that is absolutely ridiculous and I cannot believe I'm saying this. I am going to this game with a bunch of Syracuse and Georgia Tech people. Like, it's a combined tailgate. The tailgate is starting at two in the afternoon. Um, this is like Georgia Tech people are treating this game like it's a big deal. Like there is enough people who are going to be there who are really going to care about the outcome of this game. There might only be tens of them, m- myself included. But like I do want it to be known that this game is going to be maximum stupid because either Georgia Tech is going to a bowl game with a second-year head coach who has basically tried to carve out this program from the option days, and there are going to be takes about that in relation to Syracuse, or Syracuse is going to go bowling, and we are going to have to have that whole conversation and what it means and how rare it actually is that Syracuse goes bowling back-to-back seasons and what the hell do you do with the head coach in that scenario? Because <laughs> two things. <laughs> One, it's not just Syracuse goes bowling in back-to-back seasons. At Syracuse goes bowling in back-to-back seasons under the same head coach. Yeah, this would be the first time that that has happened since Paul Pascaloni. Um, and two. <laughs> since 1999 with Paul Pascaloni. Exactly. How do you, it wasn't even like. So they had a bowl in 99 and then 2001 and 2004. 
So it wasn't even like the later P years weren't even consistent. And two, because the primetime ACC analysts are going to be there, how is Eric McLean going to feel watching the Syracuse tape? And who's Pretty much like Manuel... I do every goddamn week. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Eric McLean's going to feel. <laughs> and how is EJ Manuel going to feel watching the Syracuse tape? <laughs> Normal. Oh wait, no, I think it was time with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was going to say I think EJ Manuel won't necessarily be getting like traumatic flashbacks, but this is the <laughs> it could always be worse. <laughs> like I I don't know what we're going to get game plan wise. Like, are we still going to be do- okay? Okay. Actually, I'm gonna finally talk about the thing that I've been waiting this entire time to talk through. Hold on, before After, that, you know what? Yes, okay. Yep. After we say thank you to something that doesn't make me feel cold and confused and weird on the inside. It makes me feel warm and soft and cozy on the outside. It's home field apparel. They are our sponsors of this podcast. We really appreciate Connor and the crew coming through and supporting us. Uh, And finally, after months of listening to Christian and or reading his tweets, they have finally succumbed and built us a Syracuse bomber jacket, which if you are on the Twitch, you can see Christian rocking it. It has everybody's favorite orange mascot on the chest. It's got a beautiful cursive cuse on the back. I also have one. It looks fantastic. It feels fantastic. Uh, I am wearing a crew neck that is the softest thing that I could possibly own, and it makes me feel safe and warm. Steve is wearing the awesome 70s NDSU t-shirt. That is his one of a few non-Syracuse pieces of home field clothing. It's the, if, What is it? It's him, it's Wavy, and it's uh, the... Zot. Yep, Zot. Oh, <laughs> so those are, those are my three non-SU pieces. But uh, this is, we can mark this down for Connor. This is the first time that all three of us have been rocking all home field uh, on the pod. This is this is a tremendous moment because we were waiting for the we were waiting for the bomber and he finally came through. <laughs> if you want to look just as good or be just as cozy as we are right now, you can go over to homefieldapparel.com and use promo code noons23 n u n e s 23 for 15% off your first order uh at homefield apparel. Make sure again promo code noons23 uh it's for your first order. And again, make sure to keep hitting up Connor and the home field crew for those uh, that might not be as online as the rest of us are. You should follow home field on their social media accounts because they might be planning on doing something in the uh, Syracuse adjacent area fairly soon. Uh, So I would stay tuned to their social media and uh, be, be ready for home field, the roadshow to come to a Syracuse media market. Uh, that all being said, I'm about to talk about something that I don't think got talked a lot about on the TV broadcast because I was, I think no one knew how to handle this. What is wrong with Garrett Schrader that he can't throw the ball without looking like being in severe pain, but can lead block with that same shoulder multiple times and get up and be okay slash what are we doing why are we doing and can someone please help me not want to bang my head against the wall every time i see garrett schrader trying to catch a pass when he's unable to throw the ball so on the former two minimal help on the latter or no former two i've got something on the latter two nothing like, <laughs> well, before figure, you before you added your head against the wall, no matter what. Before you added that last point, I was just going to simply say, Andy, you needed to drink more NYC tap water. <laughs> <laughs> Shoulder uh, injuries are weird. If it's something internal that is, you know, a cartilage or whatever, you know, you're talking like torn labrum, anything along those lines. It, torn labrum? Wouldn't he? Wouldn't be even on the field? Fair. Like I'm talking like micro tears or whatever. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, impact is not going to do much to certain shoulder injuries. However, if you go like this, it turns into a giant fire in your arm. So I could get why he is doing that. I also that would also explain why he looked like he did on that throw to Mang. 
um why it looked like a thousand swords were stabbing into his right shoulder when he <laughs> chucked that ball um so yeah i don't know it's it's weird like why don't you put another quarterback in and use him like that and i guess dan valeri was a quarterback but dino moved him from quarterback for a reason and Trader was still on the field in receiving sets when the team knew that he wasn't going to throw. Like the I, 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 um, Mike Leach was definitely onto something. I think we all—that's the lesson from all of this. Mike Leach was onto something. So should we have switched Schrader to tight end and kept Valeri as quarterback? I mean, no los dos. We just found out <laughs> we can do both. Or we can uh, have none of them play quarterback and have this is the, behind the center. Th- this is the dark. This is the dark scenario where eventually Syracuse is going to run out. Not one, not two, maybe three or four quarterbacks out on one play, and you have no idea what the fuck's going to happen. Well, but all you know, but all you know what's going to happen uh, is that it's going to be some sort of draw. <laughs> 100%. 100 oh god i still like i anyone who's listening to this pod i there's too many stupid reactions that you're missing like go back and watch the videos the vod is on youtube youtube.com just search up this loyal idiots it'll be right there this loyal idiots a syracuse orange podcast get it on youtube subscribe while you're there uh yeah everything hurts everything hurts elijah Wright. Elijah Wright caught a pass for the record. Oh, right, he did. <laughs> we had a defensive lineman that. catch a pass. Uh, if we want to add to the stupid in the box score. Uh, I, yeah. I just am in a position where as we come away from this game, which again was a Syracuse victory, <laughs> I don't know if there's been an inconsequential, consequential game like this in my lifetime. And it's funny because just to kind of give everybody here a peek behind how the noons slash disloyal sausage gets made, there was a very real conversation that was taking place in the beginning of the week where we were talking about how bad of an idea it was that I was going to go to this Georgia Tech game and about how in my lifetime, I have been a Syracuse football fan since 2011 when I got accepted into Syracuse fall of 2010. The first ever game I watched was the pinstripe bowl against Kansas state. Um, That was dumb. There have been a lot of dumb games that I have watched. And there have been a lot of dumb games that I have been physically present for Um, sometimes wearing a giant orange suit, sometimes as a fan, but I have yet to see as Steve has the scars for an Iowa game, or as John Casillo has seen the NC State road game. Oh, he like, got the NC State and the Iowa game. Yes, I I have or a, for me the Nova oh, yeah. game. I I was at the Nova game. I was wait. At, we were, all three of us were in the building. Well, I was. was were some, you were you in an orange? Were you in an orange costume for the Nova game? No, I would. Well, I was supposed to be. Long story short, Andy had to serve a one-game suspension. <laughs> so, <yeah>. congratulations! <laughs> you won the starting quarterback in that game. You had something in common. <laughs> wow! Yeah, in case you were wondering, NCAA Man. athletes just like everybody else. <laughs> yep. Okay. God. This, this has been our um, best pod. Yeah, uh, we're off the rails, and I don't think after that game, I don't think there's any rails to be on. So I think we're we're no the rails are the rails are up the a gap, and the train is off the tracks, and we're all following Dan Velarde off of them. Okay, like <laughs> you, you know oh. you know what the best part about this game is, or or maybe the best part, or maybe something in between. This game looks totally different if Syracuse doesn't have four turnovers on defense. Three of those four turnovers produce touchdowns. The, yeah. the Syracuse defense is going to be one of those units that looks really good against mid to bad opposition. Jones and, looks really, and looks really bad <laughs> against good opposition. <laughs> God, we are there. Uh, it's oh, just for, for the record. Uh, also, you know how we were talking about the game and Andy was recapping some of these. 
Uh, currently, for anyone who's waiting with bated breath, we have a draft in the noon slack or in the uh, noon's chorus uh, with over 2,100 words yes. on each of our the games. So look forward my, to that, folks. My game, my game section alone is 600 words. Uh, mine's pretty close to you. <laughs> I'm. I think I might just add mine as the tag if we if we choose to publish it this week. I think mine is just going to be this upcoming game against Georgia Tech. Like I am. I am <laughs> the gaming. I am. I. 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 It feels like Thanos is like. I hear his it's voice just... in, the, in my head, just going like fear, like you know, dread it, run from it, it comes for you all the same. Like it is just giant. <laughs> over Bobby Dodd Stadium, Andy. This is not going to be a good time. This is I, Andy's. I, this, is, <laughs> this is Andy's yes. one solution. This is Andy's one solution out of fourteen million possibilities. Like it was all leading to this. Everything about <laughs> everything. Like the friends that I met at Syracuse, which is why I'm going to this game. The fact that I took this job with a company that moved its headquarters during the pandemic to Atlanta. Like it all. My boss's husband being a Georgia Tech grad and the only person who loves a shitty football team as much as I love this Syracuse football team, it has all come together to create what will definitively be a game that ends 11-8. to eight. And I don't know which team it's going... Actually, I know which team it's going to be. Georgia's going to win this game and I'm going to hate it. <laughs> now, now, specifically, you said Georgia. So somehow, Georgia's going to pick up another win in this game. <laughs> To somehow strengthen its case, or maybe not strengthen its case to the CFP. No, it turns out that Georgia is actually going to send their uh, their third string practice, like the practice squad team, to this Georgia, game to play Georgia, against Georgia Tech. Just, is Georgia's U eighteen team? <laughs> well, they, the scout the scout team needs to learn what it's, it's what's going to happen when they play Michigan, who is the only other team team that I think wants to play the way that Syracuse is playing right now. Georgia, Georgia Tech is the Southampton to Liverpool. Yes. <laughs> the Georgia Tech, they they conceal it as uh as or Georgia conceals it as Georgia Tech, so that uh, Michigan doesn't try to steal their signs. Ah, there we go. Now we're going full college circle fo- football here. Oh, God. Yeah, this was the only way that this show was going to go. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, James just published another. Uh, uh, basketball pod because I don't think we're getting there today. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you know what the other well, the game this week is the Colgate game, which is now suddenly a game that is not a guaranteed Syracuse win somehow. Um, which also I, somehow was also mired with suspension and returns of suspensions. Yeah, because why wouldn't it be? I I just have accepted the fact that this week is going to be painful. Like I think Sarah, I think the Orange Men are going to beat Colgate. I just don't think it's going to be a very like convincing win. It might be like a you know three point game, hold off a last minute shot kind of vibe, and that's not what you want against Colgate. Oh, so the so the COVID twenty twenty season opener for Syracuse. Yes, yeah, that sounds about right. And then the follow up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did want to mention that uh, since we're at 47 and we haven't hit the Steve is old moment um, for anyone who was watching that game that is of an age around or like 35 and over uh, and was a Syracuse fan and does not like immediately have callbacks to the stupidity of the diamond fairy game against mm-hmm. college uh, you should have um, also the what what reminded me was when you kept banging on Atlanta because the quarterback for Boston College in that game was one Matty Ice. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan. Matt Ryan was the quarterback for Boston College in the Diamond Fairy so, game. So, so you know what we have to do in order to go full Diamond Diamond Fairy Circle? Marlo Lex needs to return to the backfield. <laughs> Bring him back. Yeah. Because remember, Marlo Wax started his Syracuse career. Yeah. As a running back. So for anyone who doesn't oh know the Diamond gosh. Fairy game, effectively what happened was Walter Reyes, the stud running back that Syracuse had in the early 2000s, was out. Uh, Damian Rhodes, his backup and great running back in his own right, uh, 
was I think he ran for a long touchdown and then got injured. Uh, and they were down to just about no one in the running back uh, room. So Diamond Ferry, their starting safety and kick returner, uh, decided to jump in and uh, lead the team in rushing on a ridiculous rushing attack. Uh, still play a couple of uh, drives of safety. And I believe he had a kick return for a touchdown. So yeah, it was it was. Uh, oh, here we go. Stat line uh, ran 28 times for 141 yards and two touchdowns offensively. Uh and played, uh, didn't take him out at all on the defensive side of the ball. Played nearly every snap at safety and intercepted Matt Ryan in the fourth quarter, returning uh, 44 yards for a score. So he had a uh, two offensive touchdowns and a pick return for a touchdown. I didn't think that we would ever bring that up again, except for, you know, that I think that game got brought up when, you know, he survived whatever terrible situation it was that he survived where he had to be a survivalist for an extended period of time. Are you um, thinking of the Rob Conrad swimming thing? I'm thinking about Rob Conrad. Sorry. I was thinking about 44s. Wrong early nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. In general, that game getting mentioned, I, I don't know, uh, Steve or Christian, I know you were obviously at the game, Steve, were you watching the game closely or did you, um, were you on kid duty during the no, game? This game well? I was, uh, one of my buddies came over who also has a six year old. So we were able to let them go. And they're of an age where we can say, go play, uh, go play super Mario wonder on the switch. And, uh, we'll sit down here and watch the game. <laughs> you're, you're, you're I, we're going to yell at a TV for three and a half hours. <laughs> you guys go yell at the TV up there. We'll yell at the TV down here. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So they, they were, we, we did that. <laughs> They were showing the diamonds, the diamond footage multiple times. Oh, like, I think I think that they showed it at least three times in the three quarters that I was that I was watching. Once it became apparent that Syracuse was not going to pass the ball. <laughs> That's overrated. You don't need it. I can't, I can't believe that that just happened. Like I legitimately cannot believe that that game happened. 40, 50 yards on the ground. Like that's uh, utilizing one of their running backs. Like that's a solid game. I'm, again, they won. <laughs> the, the, again, let's also bring this up. We're also talking a lot about this without talking about the defense. Because this is a defense. This was a really, really good defensive game. Rodney Hammond last year rushed for a career high in rushing yards for him against Syracuse in his first ever start for the Panthers. And today he was only held to 45 yards on the crowd. Yeah. Like... The rushing defense today was really, really good, save for two, a uh, two couple, uh, really two big plays in the passing game. It was almost a flawless defensive effort. Yeah, mildly insane. I it it helps that if there is there is no way that Syracuse is going to finish the year with the worst ACC offense. Like I think I think that honor belongs uniquely the pit panthers um and pat narduzzi is pat narduzzi's one good year is starting to look a whole lot more like kenny pickett might actually be really good at this thing more so than pat narduzzi knows what he's doing running a complete football team that isn't built entirely on defense pick was favored by three coming into this game i thought that i thought pitt was gonna cover like i i thought that pitt's offense was competent after the louisville game and i was wrong i was very very wrong <laughs> so randomly um how does this defense like this defense looks ridiculous now what if all those transfers that aren't playing where they went were still here <laughs> like, <laughs> jihad got hurt but like Deuce isn't seeing any snaps at LSU, right? Deuce is, I don't think, with the program. Yeah, that's not great then. No, uh, no, he was, he got cooked in that opening game, and there were some because he was public... facing a future top 10 pick in the draft. I agree. Um, but it seemed like the reception to that game was very bad, and there was either a benching or a self benching of some kind. It seems to have gone very badly down there. <laughs> well, that's great. 
Could we have him back? <laughs> I like I, I for the record, Isaiah Johnson was playing out of his mind. Oh, he he leads two hits that got audible ooze from every single quarter of the stadium. Just absolutely perfect timing on both those. Yeah. Um, he is he is somebody who I think is the prototypical Dino Babers Syracuse defensive ad where he is very, very good when there is not a very obvious physical mismatch between him and the receiver that he's covering. Um it's tough. Like, he's like what six six foot, six one? Yeah, he's like six one, and he's like which again, well, ninety-five percent of receivers that he's going to go up against he's going to be he's going to be in a good spot with it's just that those five percent are on the three teams that Syracuse will always inevitably end up playing that have an NFL guy on the other side and we saw what happened insert one of your three games that you'd like to talk about there um this is actually this is actually a good lead into like um pulling up Bill C's SP plus uh, the offense and the defense are both negatively rated in SP plus offense is 80th overall. Uh, special teams is 84th. Not good. Defense is 40th in the country in SP+. Um, Georgia Tech's offense is 54th, but their defense is 97th. And Wake Forest has the 92nd ranked offense. Um, Pitt, for context, has the 91st ranked offense. So essentially, Syracuse's defense goes, gets to go up against a Pitt level team in the dome and a Georgia tech team that on paper is not as good offensively as they have been defensively. Like again, I'm understanding why the computers look at Syracuse and go bowl team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. I mean, um, also added, added context. Georgia tech this year is tied with Boston College for most average yards allowed uh, per rush <laughs> on defense. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're getting this again. <laughs> Georgia Tech this year has allowed... Georgia Tech this year is the only team in the ACC to allow over 2,000 yards rushing. Oh, my God. So again, why the hell didn't we do this against BC? We're gonna do it, do it against BC, and then like, come on, like, what are you doing? How demoralizing for this is Georgia Tech if somehow Syracuse rushes the ball down their throats, and then the following week has to deal with Brock Bowers? I'm I'm telling you right now, this is if Syracuse ends up making a bowl game this year. I am going to have, we are going to have some spicy content this offseason because, man, I don't know how you defend any decision that the coaching staff has made if this actually works. <laughs> like, imagine that this works because you know that there will be the fluff piece about how Syracuse made the drastic decision after the Virginia Tech drubbing, ignoring the fact that they could have done this against BC Boston and the Virginia College. Tech game was coming off of two weeks off. Um, and the BC game had a week plus of prep. <sighs> Sorry, that is that is for an offseason podcast that is yet to come and yet to happen. No, that wasn't. That's not for an offseason podcast. That was last week's podcast. I well, now that we know that they can shift the playbook and win a game, <laughs> they can, this might work. They might actually do this. You know what happened? Syracuse looked at his former defensive coordinator and see, oh, he's good at adjustments. Uh, I, I want Tony White back. Yeah. I miss Tony White. I, uh, miss I had a I had a actually a really funny conversation. I have created a Syracuse fan in the Atlanta office because he is a Nebraska fan, and I told him that if Syracuse were to move on from Dino Babers, the first person on the list that they're calling is Tony White. And he's like, you can't do that. He needs to stay here. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So uh, yeah, they really like Tony White in Nebraska land because, huh? He's good at his job. (laughs) Weird. Go figure. Hey, you know who else is still good at his job? 
Coach Ian McIntyre. Yeah, he is. Uh, well, well, almost. Well, yeah. The uh, the the Orange were knocked out of the uh, ACC tournament uh, this weekend in the semifinals. However, they will be finding out tomorrow what their seating is and what their berth is in the NCAA tournament. Um, the unfortunately, they will be without their uh, star midfielder and captain Georgio Kachevsky, who picked up a re- straight red in the game uh, for a dogso opportunity. Um, I think that's redundant, like ATM machine, but we're going to go with it. Close uh, enough. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the uh, Tar Heels, North Carolina Tar Heels, ended up uh, beating Syracuse three one. Um, Cuse had just kind of gotten a goal back to get back in it, and um, basically Schoberg and um, Makina uh, Pedregosa were kind of split wide. Got kind of pierced by a North Carolina forward and Kachewski tried to come back and cover and went for the professional foul. However, there was nobody that had closed down enough to not make it denial of a goal scoring opportunity, um, which brought the orange down to 10 men. And uh, probably about half an hour later, uh, North Carolina got the uh, third to bring it back to a two goal lead and kind of seal it uh, for the man down side that means that Kachevsky will miss the opener uh in the NCAAs usually based on the seating that ACC teams get they should have a manageable game in that first round uh without Kachevsky uh however it will be imperative that he's back and back at full strength by the time they get into the meat of the the tournament so uh, still looking good still looking uh looking like they found something like they were they were keeping the pace with North Carolina up until that point um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be, uh, going to be an interesting NCAAs for him. I'm curious, Steve, uh, this team seemed to have had another up and down season, which again, they're coming off of probably the best season in program history, you know, national championship, obviously, but like just table, you know, pole to pole, they were a dominant team last season this year repeating that dominance was always going to be hard, but it seems like they found their stride towards the end of the year. Are we is obviously this is going to be incredibly matchup dependent, but does this team have what it takes to make a big run purely based on the talent slash execution that we've seen in the last month and a half? Yes. Um, they absolutely have the talent for it. They have the, uh, they have the buildup for it. They have the offense for it. They have the shots for it. The question will be whether they can be clinical in front of goal. That's the biggest thing they've been missing uh, against Virginia. I want to say, like that game went to penalties and was firmly a Syracuse uh, Syracuse controlled game. Um, before that, you know, they won. Uh, I, I believe, I believe that game was like 24 to there was like 14 to two shots on target uh and they still almost lost so it's a uh, it's a matter I of know that's these, yeah it's a matter of putting some of these yeah don't don't emulate christian's fm saves here um but they uh it's they they need to put the ball in the back of the net and that's you know jaheem wickham is looking pretty solid um Virginia's keeper was absolutely standing on his head during that match. Uh, so, yeah, as long as they don't run up against someone who's playing way too ridiculously, then uh, we should be in decent shape. That sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, I didn't... I, going into the tournament, I didn't expect them to make a huge run last year, and they did. So, uh, yeah. I am looking forward to watching a soccer team. Um that is better than our football team. Um, not that, again, this has been the case for a while, but it is always exciting when Coach Mack and the team make the tournament. And again, I have, I would like my hopes and dreams for one of these teams to, you know, actually come through. But yeah. we'll see. <laughs> um, gentlemen, I know that our brains are melted. There's a basketball podcast out. There will be more basketball podcasts. Talk about that fun stuff. What is your favorite stupid sicko fact about the Syracuse pit game before we turn the page and talk about the future 
sicko pay sicko game that is the Georgia Tech game next week. Seventeen passing yards. <laughs> uh, that our tight end led the team in passing attempts. <laughs> Forty-four lead blocks by our quarterback. <laughs> and if you didn't know, that sums up that game in a nutshell. So I Thanks. Content for the week, Andy. Thanks for listening to this Loyal Idiots podcast, a fan's first Sports Nation podcast. We appreciate all the support uh, and make sure that you like and subscribe on the podcast player of your choice. It helps us trick the AI into expanding the Ottoman Empire. Thank you to all those, all of you who hung out with us on Twitch. Uh, you got to see. All of our brains melt live. You got to see all of our wonderful home field apparel. Sponsor of the show. Use promo code NUNES23 uh, on your first order for that special sweet Syracuse discount on those bomber jackets, hoodies, t-shirts, whatever you may have it. Thanks again to our friends over at NunesMagician.com for letting us post this podcast over there. If you're watching or listening on uh, News Magician, we again, we continue your support as you follow us around the interwebs. I will be TBD on next week. There's a good chance I die next Saturday. So if I never see you all again, uh, Syracuse football did it. Uh, otherwise, I feel like that's going to be the for all of us. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So just in case it's the last time, go orange. Go orange. <laughs> I can put that on my tombstone. <laughs>